Good morning, Riverside, San Bernardino, Inland Empire, and listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us this morning. We're broadcasting from our flagship station, KCAA 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. If you're located in the Southern California Inland Empire, you'll find us on KCAA 1050 on the AM dial. And if not, you can find us streaming on kcaaradio.com or talkstreamlive.com. You can also hear our program rebroadcast on Red State Talk Radio at redstatetalkradio.com. And you can check their website for broadcast days and times. Also, you can find podcasts posted on kcaaradio.com to listen at your leisure. And don't forget, you can learn more about our show at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Reverend Dr. David M. Berman, Senior Pastor of Christian Life Fellowship in Swansea, New Hampshire. And we're going to discuss the topic of the Gospel of Inclusion. Reverend Berman is a Jewish Christian that has been a guest on many radio and television shows heard by millions and commenting on various social issues. Over the years, he's been involved in various successful church planning and ministry endeavors. Reverend Berman earned his undergraduate degree in pastoral ministry from Atlantic Southern Bible College, where he graduated with high honors. He earned his postgraduate master's and doctorate in theology from Christian Bible College of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. He's been married to his wife, Brenda, for 28 years. They have five children and two grandchildren. And Pastor Berman's latest book, Essays in Liberty, breaks through with logical arguments for returning to our founder's vision of a constitutional representative republic. And we're going to welcome back Pastor Berman. How are you doing today, Pastor? Good. Always good to talk with you. You too. And thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Happy. So, Pastor, when I contacted you to do a show, another show, you brought up this gospel of inclusion. I had never heard about it. So could you first tell us, if for some of us in the audience that might not know, what is the gospel of inclusion? Well, it's a fancy sounding name for really warmed over Unitarianism. And what it is, is it's the false gospel that says that everybody goes to heaven no matter what they believe, what they follow or don't follow. And uh, this teaching is as old as uh, as sin itself. It was made popular in the 1800s, early 1800s, and then gained popular in the mid-1800s. And kind of Unitarianism really sort of slowed down a lot. And then recently, particularly in the last 10 or 15 years, uh, with the emergent church movement, and also particularly... A very world-famous Pentecostal preacher named, uh, at the time his name was Bishop uh, Carlton Pearson, uh, started preaching this so-called, which he coined the term, gospel of inclusion, which literally means, basically means that Jesus Christ has come to save everybody, therefore everybody is saved no matter what they do, where they go, who they believe in or don't believe in, and it doesn't matter, everybody's going to go to heaven no matter what. And that's exactly the same 
thing that the Unitarians believe. All roads lead to heaven. Pastor, is there, you say gospel of inclusion is sort of just the new revived version. Is there any differences between gospel of inclusion and what you would say was the original Unitarianism? I mean, does, has he added, or I don't know if I should say he, but the people that are behind this, have they added anything new to this new revived version? Yes, they, they have actually. They haven't added anything to the main doctrine, except they're kind of making it a Christian ease language that they talk when they talk about the gospel of inclusion. See, Bishop Pearson um, was one of the most famous Pentecostal preachers in the uh, 80s and 90s. He was, um, he went to Oral Roberts University. He became a member, I think, of the board of directors. He was um, invited to the White House by George Bush Sr., um, was on television, had massive, massive uh, megachurch meetings, was known very well. In fact, there was a very famous singer named Carmen, not as famous as he used to be, but he used to go to that church. That was his pastor. Also, uh, Pearson is a, a really a fine a vocalist, and he, he sang a lot. He was a very, very charismatic, charismatic guy. Great speaker, great preacher. I'm not talking about what he's preaching, but his ability to speak. And... Um, He's kind of brought that Pentecostal kind of fire into this gospel of inclusion stuff. So when you listen to the guy speak now, he you know he brings up like uh, he speaks of Christianese. You know, he uses Christian language, but he's preaching something that's not Christian at all. And in fact, uh, before Oral Roberts died, Oral Roberts gave him a stunning rebuke, um, even though he had thought of Pearson as like a son, you know, a, a, like an adopted son gave him a stunning rebuke, four, five or six pages rebuking him for this terrible perversion of the Bible that he was beginning to preach. Now he's full-blown into it. I mean, if this guy, if you look up Carlton Pearson, Gospel of Inclusion, on YouTube, you'll see him talk about how he got a special revelation from God and, uh, you know, how the church has done it wrong. He even says, and you can look it up, he even says, Christianity is out of step, his words, with what's happening in the 21st century. Now, those words alone should be really, really concerning to any Bible-believing Christian because we don't take the Bible and put it in step with whatever happens to be happening in the 21st century. It is the Word of God, and there is the Word of God or it isn't. We're not going to change it to fit the 21st century. The Scripture is the scripture. I'm not talking about style now. I'm talking about the content of the scripture. It is what it is. Well, Pastor, what makes this gospel of inclusion message so attractive to the people that might hear it? I mean, what would hook them in? Well, it's a perfect message for those in our modern culture, for those that don't want to hear the true gospel. And here's the reason why. We have had uh, I'd like to sort of digress, if I could, to the political position in our country right now, because that really does have a lot to do with why this false teaching is received so so easily. May I do that? Sure, go ahead. We, in our culture over the last 40 years, have dumbed down our culture and taught people you don't have to work for anything, you don't have to participate in anything, nothing should be exclusionary, you should get anything you want. If you play a Little League game and you fail, you should get a trophy anyway. Self-esteem. If you're getting grades that are hurting your feelings, let's 
make a grade curve so you don't feel so bad. And this is the insanity of political correctness that has come into our society. So when you are a gospel preacher like me and you say that the gospel message is exclusionary towards those that do not receive it, that you must be born again, you must accept Christ, you must accept what he taught, what the Word of God teaches. When you say that, they hear that as exclusionary. Not inclusive, but exclusionary. It's exclusionary only to the extent that people have to receive it. In other words, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Anyone who wants to know Christ can repent and ask Christ to be their Savior. So it's inclusive in that way. But what they're saying is whether you repent or not, whether you're following after Buddha, you know, directly after the name of Satan, whether you are an atheist, a Nazi, Hitler, anybody, is going to go to heaven. And the reason they're saying this is, uh, is a, a, something that is uh, embraced by the culture is because the culture doesn't want to, any, to hear anything that they think is discriminating or exclusionary in any way. Okay. And so they love the, the, the world loves the message when a so-called preacher gets up there and says, it doesn't matter what you do, and, um, and then they start getting so liberal. They say that, you know, homosexuality, God, you know, God made you that way, and, and it's his will. And, you know, all, I mean, just they go on and on and on and just decimate what the Scripture actually teaches on these topics. Okay. All right, Pastor. Well, this is a good place to stop. We've got to take a break. Listeners, our guest today is Pastor Berman, and we're talking about the gospel of inclusion, and we'll be back right after this break. Did you know a sugary drink contains around 200 empty calories per can? This is registered dietitian Jim White. It's no surprise, extra sugar means extra calories. This can result in weight gain, offering little to no nutritional benefit. Nutritionally sound beverage choices are water, 100% fruit juice, and low-fat or fat-free milk. Cutting out sugary drinks allows you more room for fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and low-fat dairy. This is registered dietitian Jim White. Visit eatright.org for more healthy tips. In a nation that has lost its way, Essays in Liberty is an important work. There has never been a time since the American Revolution that has called for a greater effort in teaching the principles of liberty. The vast majority of America has become liberty illiterate. Help revive our founders' vision of a constitutional representative republic. Fight for freedom today. Essays in Liberty will equip you to do just that. Order Dr. David Berman's latest book, Essays in Liberty at smellthetruth.com. That's smellthetruth.com. Many people tell me many things to believe in, but without God's word, how can I know what the truth is? Are you willing to give what God has freely given to you? Wycliffe Associates provides opportunities for people with a willing heart to serve the master builder so that others will have the ability to let their hearts hear the good news of Jesus Christ. With no Bible in their heart language, millions are left never knowing the truth. You can change that by becoming a Wycliffe Associates volunteer, helping translators start a Bible translation in every language that needs one by the year 2025. Call 800-THE-WORD and find out how you can invest in eternity. And I know that this investment will continue to grow forever. 
every verse, every tongue, and every task. That's the calling of a Wycliffe Associates volunteer. Call 1-800-THE-WORD and see where you fit in. That's 800-843-9673. Or go to our website at wycliffeassociates.org. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today, our guest is Pastor Berman, and we're discussing the gospel of inclusion. Uh, And Pastor, what is it? I mean, what scriptures are these pastors using to back up their gospel of inclusion, or are they using scripture? Well, here's what their argument is. Their argument is, that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, and if the whole world's not saved, then God failed, and since God cannot fail, everybody must be saved. Now, of course, there's numerous problems with what they just said. One, it ignores the entire Bible. It's a presumption and a conclusion that seeks to find scriptures to match it. So, one of the things that's important about being a Bible teacher, is that we use what are called hermeneutic principles. Not to get technical on you, but theology, proper theology, uses hermeneutic principles. And one of the main principles of hermeneutics, which means the art and science of biblical interpretation, is that you have to read the Bible in context and that you do what is called an exegetical study of the Bible. And that literally means to draw out from. And what people, cultists do, and what people do when they do not like what the Bible says, is they do what we call an eisegesis, or the eisegete, which means to place in. So a, a proper Bible expositor or teacher will go to the Word of God without preconceived ideas the best he can, and will look and say, what is the Scripture teaching, and draw out from it. A false teacher will go to the Bible with preconceived ideas and notions that they want the Bible to say, and then we'll look for ways to make the Bible say that. So when there's 66 books in the Bible, you can take many things out of context, string them together, and pretty much make it say anything you want. I can say, find a way in the Bible if I eisegete rather than exegete to tell you that God is a purple alien who flies a monkey. I mean, you can say anything you want. But the Bible interpreters who understand the principles of hermeneutics context, historical grammatical, original languages, are able to look at the Bible and to draw from them. So they completely forget about, don't mention anything uh, from the scriptures at all, concerning what they say about the, the gospel being, in fact, exclusionary. In fact, what does um, Jesus say in Luke chapter 12, verse 9? He says, but he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. What does Jesus say in John fourteen six? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. What does the Bible say in 1 John two twenty two? Listen to what it says. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. 
in John 1, 20, uh, uh, 1 John 2, 23, it says, Whosoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. But he that confesses the Son has the Father also. Now, I could go on and on and on with the passages of Scripture in context, teaching quite clearly that mankind is fallen because of sin. And yes, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. In that way, it is inclusive, but it is only to those who have received him. In other words, it's not by works you're saved, but when a provision is made, and the key to that is faith, and you deny the one who gave you the key to eternal life, you're not receiving eternal life, not because God failed, but because you don't want it. And that's the true message of the gospel, that every man has sinned, every one of us, and that we're all tainted by sin, universally, and that Jesus paid the price for our sin on the cross by taking the judgment upon himself. He rose again from the dead bodily, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And as the scripture says, whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Not anybody doing anything. In fact, the scripture is quite clear. If you deny Christ, he'll deny you. If you are ashamed of Christ, he'll be ashamed of you. If you say he's not the Christ, you are an antichrist. I can go on and on from the Bible of what the Bible teaches. So what really it really upsets me is is when they take they try to say this is the word of God. And whenever anybody tells you they have a special revelation that nobody else got, now right away you know that's occultism because the revelation of the word of God has already been given and it's been written. And there's no new revelation. There's only illumination of what God has already established in his word. So how do the proponents of the gospel of inclusion explain what the Bible says about faith? Do they just sort of ignore it, or do they have another explanation? They have no explanation. They, don't, they say it doesn't take faith. Remember, this, this fits right in for the idea of the social gospel, which is the idea that, you know, basically, you know, just be a good person, whatever that means. I go as far as to say, even if you're not, even if you're not a good person by their standard, even if you're like the worst person ever, never repented, never accepted Christ, nothing doesn't matter. You're going to be saved. So, Pastor, while doing research on the gospel of inclusion, I came across a website called GotQuestions.org. It's by uh, Got Questions Ministries, and there was an article posted by S. Michael Houdman. And he talks about what is the gospel of inclusion. So he's listing a couple false beliefs here, and then he has some rebuttals. So here's one of them. One of the false beliefs is the gospel of inclusion teaches that salvation is unconditional and does not even require faith in Jesus Christ as payment for mankind's sin debt. His rebuttal is, if faith and repentance are not required to receive the gift of salvation, then why is the New Testament full of calls to repent and place your faith in Jesus Christ? Then he gives another false belief. The gospel of inclusion espouses that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ paid the price for all of humanity to enjoy eternal life in heaven without any need for repentance. And his rebuttal is, if salvation doesn't require faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross, then why did Jesus submit to such a humiliating and excruciatingly painful death? God could have just granted everyone a divine pardon. So we get from this that everyone is saved. Now, 
if everyone is saved, Pastor, then how do the gospel of inclusion proponents explain hell? They say there is no hell. And when they say there is no hell, they are directly contradicting the scriptures. What would you say to one of them if they say, well, how could a, a loving God send a person to hell? I mean, what would you reply to them? Yes, of course, as a pastor for 22 years, I've been asked that question a million times. and I'd be happy to answer it. This, the first problem with the question is the question supposes, has a presupposition that, first of all, man's morality gets to judge God. How could God do this or that? Well, first of all, as a human being, you don't get to put your morality above God's morality. That's number one. Number two, God who is eternal and has the right to judge will do so. And there's nothing immoral about his judgment. I use this analogy to explain the difference between authority and a violation of authority. Let me just use this analogy. What makes something right or wrong sometimes has to do with authority. So, for instance, if you're driving down the road, Angeline, and I am a police officer, and I put my lights on, and I pull you over, and I say, I need to see your license and registration, you say, yes, officer, you give me your license and registration. But if another person does that who's not a police officer, pulls you over, pretending to be a police officer, ask your license registration, they are breaking the law. Why are they breaking the law? Because they don't have the authority to make that judgment about your speeding and to pull you over and to give you a ticket. You see, we don't have the right or authority to make an eternal judgment about who goes to heaven and who goes to eternal damnation. But God, who knows everything, has the authority to make that decision. And who do we think we are? telling God that he has to live by our morality, by what we think is right and wrong, based on our limited knowledge and, 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 and totally infinitesimal knowledge of eternal things as compared to God. So God is, of course, a loving God, and that's why he made a way for you not to go to hell, by giving you his son Jesus on the cross, that you may come to repentance and come to know Christ. But if you choose to turn away from God and want nothing to do with God, when the Bible says the heavens and the earth declare the glory of God, and instead of believing in God, you choose to believe in yourself, or some false god, or some wickedness, and follow after Satan, God has every moral and righteous right to judge you eternally if he so chooses to do so. Mm-hmm. And nobody, by the sound of my voice listening, should ever think they have the right or the power to look at God and tell him what he can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. There really is no addressing these issues. So they just say that their default position is, well, God's a loving God. And love is, love is, and here's another thing, love is then defined by what they say love is. You see, this, of course, is a huge problem because when you ask the question about love, what is love? A a, uh, a secularist or a um, atheist, uh, a person who does not believe in the sacred scriptures of God, they can say what love is based on what they think. So they might say, well, I think love is just never telling anybody they're wrong. I think love is not bringing discipline. You don't, 
they might say to their children, well, I don't ever want to correct my children because I don't want them to feel bad. I want them to feel loved. Well, as a father of five, I could tell you if you love your children, you correct them, just like the Bible says. So love is not determined by what they say it is. And faith is a necessary component. The Bible teaches us that it's by grace through faith. The grace is the provision that God has made, and the faith is the key to getting a hold of that provision that he made. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to receive that, that's your choice. But clearly, uh, it's a choice that is that has eternal consequences. Right. Very eternal consequences. Well, it seems more like it's it's the gospel of political correctness is what it seems like it is. That's totally right. Yep, what you're saying is exactly true. Okay, Pastor. Well, we're going to take our second break. Listeners, our guest today is Pastor Berman, and we're discussing the topic, the gospel of inclusion, and we will be back right after this message. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. take comfort in God's Word on a daily basis. But what about the ones who cannot hear these precious words of truth? Where would I find hope? Imagine God's Word in the tongue of those who thirst for the same hope you enjoy on a daily basis. You can help them experience the same blessings you take for granted. This book is like a GPS system. I turn to it to chart my course as I begin each new day. Help someone hear God's Word for the first time by becoming a Wycliffe Associates volunteer and take part in the goal of Vision 2025, helping start a Bible translation in every language that needs one by the year 2025. Find out more by calling 800-THE-WORD. Who will show me the way? Make a difference and help share the hope of God's living Word. Call 1-800-THE-WORD. That's 800-843-9673. Or go to our website at WycliffeAssociates.org and find out how you can become a Wycliffe Associates volunteer. In a nation that has lost its way, Essays in Liberty is an important work. There has never been a time since the American Revolution that has called for a greater effort in teaching the principles of liberty. The vast majority of America has become liberty illiterate. Help revive our foundation vision of a constitutional representative republic fight for freedom today essays in liberty will equip you to do just that order dr david berman's latest book essays in liberty at smellthetruth.com that's smellthetruth.com don't be stupid with your skin it's the only skin you're in know what's good and bad to do find the right and wrong for you it's time you learn what it's about Cause indoor tanning is out UV lamps from a tanning bed They can turn your skin beet red Wrinkles come from the UV light And age spots make you go frightful sight With UV light, it gets worse Skin cancer is a wicked curse Don't be the one that's tanned dead Use your brain, use your head, it's time you learn what it's about. Cause indoor tanning is out. 
message from the American Academy of Dermatology. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show. Today, our guest is Pastor Berman, and we're discussing the gospel of inclusion. So, Pastor, who, according to the gospel of inclusion, would not be saved? I mean, is there anybody that wouldn't be saved, or how does that work? I mean, what about people that just flat out don't believe or accept Christ? What about atheists? So just so you know, this is a heresy that was spoken uh, by an, uh, a man named Origen, just to bring it way, way back, around the 3rd century as well. Uh, Origen said the same thing, even that Satan would be saved. It was a heresy. And, you know, these heresies, they don't go away because Satan, Satan wants to continue to bring up lies. So they just put a new face on it. A new, you know, it gets a new mojo and does its thing. Mm-hmm. Point right now, having a guy like Carlton Pearson, who's a very charismatic person in general. And here's the thing about it, a real sad thing about it. The sad thing about it is, I believe the man is sincere. In other words, he's sincerely wrong. It makes it even worse in a way because he he preaches this stuff with the same passion he used to preach the gospel with. Just on the point about hell. Uh, in the parable in Matthew chapter 13, of uh, the wheat and the tares, the disciples asked him to explain that parable. And Jesus said, uh, around, around verse 36 to 41, 42, around there, Jesus said, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and them which do iniquity, them which do iniquity, and shall cast him into the furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's quite clear he's talking about the separation of the wheat and the tares, or the weeds. And the weeds will be thrown into the lake of fire, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It seems quite clear that Jesus is speaking of hell there. Mm-hmm. And we, we can go to many, many places in the Bible, because here's what people don't understand. Jesus said in John chapter 3, he said, I did not, he says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, because the world was condemned already. And this is the condemnation, that men love darkness rather than light. They which do dark things do not want those dark, the darkest to be uncovered. But they which do their works in God want their works to be made manifest. We're living in a time where mankind is so full of itself that it basically thinks man is the answer to everything. And the problem with that is, if you look at the history of mankind, you will find that mankind has been quite sinful, destructive, murderous robbing, liberty stealers, tyranny, and on and on and on. These people believe that man are, man is basically good, but man is not basically good. Mm-hmm. Man is a sinner. 
We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Angelina, I've known you for quite a while, and I think you're a fine person, but you're still a sinner, and so am I. We're all born in that. These, this, this politically correct, don't hurt anybody's feelings, false gospel is not a gospel at all. It's not the good news. It's a lie. The fact of the matter is that because God is merciful and gracious, he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross to pay for your and my sin. And if you and I will receive him as Savior, we'll be saved, not by our own abilities, but by his grace through faith. So I could never stand before God and say, hey, I'm a good enough person to go to heaven. I can only stand before God and say, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior and the blood of Christ, which was shed on the cross in his resurrection. And that's why I go to heaven, not because I'm better than anybody. Pastor, who are some of the other, uh, you mentioned, is it Carlton Pearson? What what about people like Rick Warren? Is that is is he sort of included in this gospel of inclusion? Yeah, the Rick Warren is interesting because I've seen Rick Warren become more and more liberal. He has become more and more. And in fact, just recently in an interview with the Huffington Post, which is a very leftist leftist, uh, just a horrible website, the Huffington Post. Um, he basically said now that uh, he's going soft on the whole homosexuality thing and saying, yeah, you know, gay people, you know, they may not, they may not be sinning. Well, this is Rick Warren saying this. Now, wait, why, why, Pastor, why, what makes them do this? I mean, they know what's right and what's wrong, and they know what the Bible says. What makes them do these total turnabouts? Well, you know, I can't get into his head or heart. I can only tell you what my speculation would be on that. Uh-huh. I think what happens with these guys is they become so popular, so well-liked and loved, that they really like that. You know, it's like Joel Osteen when he's on uh, Larry King's show a couple of years ago. He's asked, are you saying that you need Jesus to go to heaven? And he just wouldn't say it. Wouldn't say it. But don't they know that they're going to eventually have to pay for that, or, or they don't think about it right now. Well, again, I can't get in their head or their heart, yeah. but it seems to me like deception is creeping in greater and greater. And then, of course, we have these what's called the emergent church movement, people like Rob Bell, who wrote a number of books that are, you know, very, you know, sort of, uh, um, you know, in Christian in vogue, you know, everybody's cool because they like Rob Rob Bell, and and he's just a flat out uh, has become a flat out heretic in saying that you know the, he, you know he asks questions like is the virgin birth really that important and mm-hmm. I mean it's just craziness mm-hmm. and then you have Brian McLaren who is also a very uh, influential and emergent movement who also I heard with my own ears listened to him and heard with my own ears him basically mock the gospel and and say that hell doesn't exist. Yeah, so that so that is hap- what's happening. We have a whole host of people who become popular and sell books. Well, you know, I, I mean, again, I can't get in their head or their heart, but it would seem to me the evidence is they want to be popular and want to sell books. If you go into a Christian bookstore today, uh, how big is the Christian reference section? Very small. In other words, the you know the study of the, the deep commentaries on the Word of God. They're not there. What the the Christian bookstores are filled with trinkets. They're filled with. Uh, uh, books that are self-help books with Christian titles. They're filled with, uh, you know, feel good because they want to sell books. Now, 
I'm not saying every book in a Christian bookstore is bad. There's some good books. Don't misunderstand me. The, the majority of the books in, sold in Christian bookstores now, so the majority of them are, you know, they're fluff. Where's the deep theology? Where is the, the tozers of our generation? Where are the A.B. Simpsons of our generation? Where, where are the people that would, would really expound the scriptures to bring us to an understanding of the depths of who God is and the grace of God and what Jesus did on the cross and the importance of us being witnesses for Christ and giving our lives for the purpose of the gospel? all about me, 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 the self-help stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, how would you suggest if a Christian meets, say, meets somebody that's into this gospel of inclusion, how would you suggest that maybe they try to counter or, you know, have an argument to get against it if they're in a conversation with someone about gospel of inclusion, someone who's a proponent of it? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing that I think the Scripture teaches us very clearly. Jesus said uh, not to cast your pearls before swine. And what that means is when you get to a, you get a person that is a, is a sold-out heretic, false gospel preacher, and just wants to fight and argue with you about the plain truth of the Scriptures, you're wasting your time. But there are people who get caught up in these kinds of teachings because they're just not educated in the scriptures. And so, you know, they get caught up in this stuff and believe what they're told. And my my advice is always go back to the Bible. Always go back to what Jesus taught, what the Apostle Paul taught. And in fact, uh, you know, my monthly articles that people sign up for, my next one is actually an article on this called The False Demonic Gospel of Inclusion which in that article I give a number of scriptures and explain why this is a popular popular, and also uh, how to combat it. Right, and you know, while you've reminded me, go ahead and give your uh, website addresses. Yes. Uh, the website address is smellthetruth.com. One word, just like it sounds, smellthetruth.com. And you and, have a newsletter they can sign up for, correct? Yes, if you get on the newsletter... If you get on the website, you'll see just sign up. It's free. And every month you'll get an article from me, a theological article, a political article, a, a, a cultural article that will help you to understand things and also to help you to stand for truth. Also, I want to recommend that you uh, get my book, uh, which is called Essays in Liberty. It's my latest book. You can get it anywhere. You can get it on our website, smellthetruth.com. And... Uh, I will tell you that I'm not going to sell as many books as Joel Olstein. I'm not going to sell <laughs> as many books as these guys that sugarcoat it. But if you want to hear the truth about what's happening in our culture, politically and, and, uh, and spiritually, get mm -hmm. the book Essays in Liberty by Dr. David Berman. Essays in Liberty. On my website, you can go to Barnes & Noble, you can get online, Amazon, wherever you want to get it. But uh, if, you, if you get on my website... You can also contact me there, and I'm going to give you my email address, if I may. Mm -hmm. Anybody wants to contact me to have conversation or need anything concerning, uh, uh, want me to do any kind of interviews or speaking engagements, you can also reach me by email, Dr. Dave, D-R-D-A-V-E, at clfchurch.com, clfchurch.com. That's Dr. Dave at clfchurch.com. That's mm -hmm. D-R-D-A-V-E at clfchurch.com. 
Okay, Pastor. Well, we have one more break, so we'll go ahead and take that, and then we'll come back and finish up. Listeners, our guest today is Pastor Berman. We're discussing the gospel of inclusion, and we will be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's wireless companies, and the National Safety Council. In a nation that has lost its way, Essays in Liberty is an important work. There has never been a time since the American Revolution that has called for a greater effort in teaching the principles of liberty. The vast majority of America has become liberty illiterate. Help revive our founders' vision of a constitutional representative republic. Fight for freedom today. Essays in Liberty will equip you to do just that. Order Dr. David Berman's latest book, Essays in Liberty, at smellthetruth.com. That's smellthetruth.com. Each year, millions of people fall for dangerous fad diets and bogus weight loss products. Here's how to separate facts from fad. This is registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics with your Eating Right Minute. Fad diets give lots of promises and few results. Some are even dangerous. Remember these warning signs. A guarantee of rapid weight loss is a red flag. For long-term success, aim to lose about one pound per week. Never follow a diet that bans an entire food group or one that allows you to only eat from one group. Finally, there is no proof that eating specific foods at certain times of the day will help with weight loss. To create an eating plan just for you, see a registered dietitian and visit www.eatright.org. Encouraging you to eat right, I'm registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show. Our guest today is Pastor Berman, and we're discussing the gospel of inclusion. Are you still there, Pastor? Yes, I am. And I I did want to comment a little bit more on Carlton Pearson, if I may. Go ahead. Carlton Pearson, the guy who coined the term gospel of inclusion, which, again, is a false gospel, I started listening to him very intently. I wanted to understand where he was coming from. And I think I know, 
I think there's a good explanation for why he's gone off the deep end on this. Some years ago, I coined, I coined a phrase called reaction, and the phrase was reactionary theology. And what I meant by that was when somebody is going the wrong direction or realizes that they're out of balance in one way, the human tendency is to turn hard the other way. So if I could use an analogy, it'd be like you're driving down the road and you're not paying attention and you realize you're going off the road on the right side, so you just go ahead and you, you, know, you react and you hit the steering wheel to the left as hard as you can, you go off the road on the other side. And I think what happened with Pearson is he talks a lot about how he was raised with very, very kind of condemning, strict um, thinking the devil's everywhere, every two minutes, the devil's going to get him, the devil's this, the devil's that, he's going to hell every two minutes. I don't think Carlton Pearson ever understood the grace of God as it's written in the Bible in the first place. Mm-hmm. What he did was, he had what I call a reactionary theology. In other words, instead of going, okay, hold on, let's go back to the scriptures and realize that perhaps he was taught so that God is just trying to kill him every two minutes, and so, you know, so legalistic that he just went crazy and went the other way into total, what I call total license. So going from legalism to license, if you understand. And I think that's played a big part in why he had gone completely the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And this is is a common thing with um, people. Instead of responding, they react. Now, a reaction is when you go, you know, like I said, you take a hard left turn and go off the road the other way. A response would be, I'm going off the road, what does the map say, which is the word of God, and let's put this car back on the road where it belongs. But the human condition, unfortunately, often is reactionary. And just, again, I I feel very bad for the man, because I think he was raised in such a way that he was, you know, condemned for every little thing, not understanding the grace of God, and so he's just gone completely the other way, and now he doesn't understand the judgment of God. So you have to have, you know, God is the God of righteousness. He's the God of mercy and grace, and he's the God of judgment. And so he has the right to make those judgments, and we don't have any right to tell him what is righteous and true because he makes all judgments with all the knowledge and understands how to make those judgments, for his judgments are righteous. Do you have any other closing thoughts or information that you'd like to give us on Gospel of Inclusion? Like I said, I had never heard of it, and when you told me, this was the first I heard of it. And actually, when I Googled Gospel of Inclusion, because I wanted to find out something about it, it's his name that came up more often than not. I mean, it was hard for me to find any articles that were trying to, to explain anything against it. I couldn't, I could only find maybe one or two people that had written something against it. Most everything was his stuff. Well, that in, yes, the terminology gospel of inclusion is his term. Okay. And since, since he came up with that term, when you Google that, that's pretty much what you're going to get. But again, all he's doing is warming over Unitarianism. You know, some time ago, not long ago, I'm going to say maybe six or eight months ago, a television show called me and asked me to go on, and they were a Unitarian New Age television show. How do you like that? <laughs> oh, that was that was a fun they time. They had the wrong guy. Yeah, right. 
So they heard about me, and they said, well, could you come on and explain to us what your viewpoint of everything is? Of course, I said, well, I'd be happy to. And I sat down across from this woman who calls herself a minister, Unitarian, and we had this conversation. And uh, here's the sad thing about it. This woman that I had this conversation with, older lady, she was a very sweet lady, a very wonderful and nice person. But she's so deceived. And this is one of the problems in our culture. You see, our culture doesn't want truth anymore. Our culture wants what feels good. The fact of the matter is that if you met this lady, or I met this lady any time, my first impression and yours would be, this is a fine, nice, sweet lady that would be anybody's sweet grandmother. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, it's, I'm not saying that she's not a nice person, but she's deceived. She doesn't understand what Jesus taught us. And our country has gotten to the point where, again, we just say, I just want you to tell me what makes me feel good. Don't tell me the truth. Tell me what makes me feel good because I don't want to know the truth. I just want to know what makes me feel good so I can get through the week and get to my beer in the weekend. This is what's happened in this nation, religiously, of course, and politically as well. We just do not want to hear the truth. You stand up and you talk about the fact that the dollar is collapsing. They don't want to hear it. They stop their ears. You talk about the fact that the government is becoming a tyrannical government that's going to rule every bit of your life if you don't stop. You're a conspiracy theorist if you say that. And then when the conspiracy theories come to pass, like the IRS and the NSA Mm -hmm. and the and on and on and on, you know, everybody stops their ears up because they don't want to hear it. This is the problem in our society. So when you come to people and you say, listen, you must repent and come to Christ, they don't want to hear it. What did Peter say? What did, excuse me, what did they say to Peter when Peter preached the first sermon of the New Testament? They said, what must we do to be saved? In our culture, nobody wants to ask that question They just want to know they're safe no matter what, Mm -hmm. no matter what they do or care about. And one of my favorite ones is when people say to me, well, I try to follow the Ten Commandments. And you know what I always ask them? Hmm. Say, could you tell me the first commandment? Mm -hmm. And I've never had one able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I say, if you don't even know the first commandment, then how can you follow the Ten Commandments? Hmm. See, people in our society have turned away from anything that speaks to us about us making any changes because, again, politically we have to be so-called inclusionary of everything. When the fact of the matter is that when it comes to God, he made a way for everybody to be included, but the Bible says to as many that receive him, To them, he gave power to become the sons of God. You must receive him to to have the power to become the sons of God. But if you reject him and say he's not the Christ, the scripture says, as I read earlier, you are an antichrist. And you cannot be an antichrist and live eternally with the Christ. It doesn't work that way. Right. Okay, Pastor. Well, we have about another minute. So why don't you give us your web address again and, and mention your book and how they can buy your book or your books. Yeah, my latest book is called Essays in Liberty, Dr. David Berman. 
Essays in Liberty. You can get that at our website, smellthetruth.com, smellthetruth.com, one word. Or you can get it online. Uh, if you look up Essays in Liberty, you can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it at Amazon. But, again, you can go to our website. It would be better because then you can see what's going on with us as well. Smellthetruth.com. Get the book there. My email address is Dave at clfchurch.com. That's D-R-D-A-V-E at clfchurch.com. That stands for Christian Life Fellowship. That is the church in which I pastor. And I will also give you the church uh, website in case you want it. It is simply clfchurch.com, Christian Life Fellowship, clfchurch.com. You can see what's going on at this ministry here in New Hampshire, uh, in the church. You can go to smellthetruth.com and read past articles, sign up for my newsletter. I will send you an article every month about what's happening. And if you want me for speaking engagements or anything like that, you can also contact me there as well. Okay. All right, Pastor. Well, listen, thanks so much for time to talk to us today. Listeners, our guest today has been Pastor Berman, and we have been speaking about the gospel of inclusion. And until next week, God bless.